Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As jorts, they all have plenty of pockets. <laughs> right. For their own hands. Yeah, they, you got a lot of real estate yeah, of your own, on. pal. <laughs> Take the chain wallet out and then just put your own hands. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's six minutes after seven at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Different day, same story. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. Mostly sunny and a warm afternoon today. High temperature, 81 degrees. We'll see a couple of showers tonight and a stray shower Thursday, but still mild Thursday. High temperatures in the mid-70s. It's 52 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by McDonald's. I'm loving it. I'm Val Porter. More st- stories are emerging about Western Pennsylvanians in Las Vegas during Sunday's mass shooting. The daughter of a Beaver County woman shot says her mom is improving. Paige Melanson says that she, her mom, Rosemarie Troutman Melanson, and her sister were at the music festival Sunday night when a gunman killed at least 58 people. Melanson was shot in the elbow while her mom fell to the ground with a gunshot wound to the chest area. Her mother is listed in critical condition. She says the first night in a hospital, her mom was unconscious but is now responding and opening her eyes. According to a story on Channel 11's website, a man ran over to them and told Paige that if she wanted to survive, she had to run. Hmm. He stayed with her mother during the shooting and is being credited with saving her life. He is a retired firefighter. And a Pittsburgh couple married in Vegas on Friday were caught up in the panic and chaos following the shooting. According to a story on Channel 4's website, Jackie and Jerry Fabashev of North Hills were staying across the street from Mandalay Bay. They said people were running everywhere, barricading themselves in the hotel. They ended up in a cab with a couple running from the concert venue. They said they all took a cab to a distant hotel and spent the night there. The death toll is rising in Puerto Rico. Governor Ricardo Rossello's office confirms 40, 34 people have died because of Hurricane Maria. That's up from the previous death toll of 16. Yesterday, President Trump visited Puerto Rico and praised officials for saving lives. He compared the relatively small number of deaths from Maria to more deadly disasters like Hurricane Katrina. He also praised Governor Rossello and said he did not play politics after Hurricane Maria struck. Some Puerto Rican officials have been harshly critical of the government's response to the monster storm. Uh, At one point, uh, Trump said Puerto Rico has thrown the federal budget, quote, a little bit out of whack, end quote. And in a brief encounter, the mayor of San Juan told Trump that uh, relief efforts are not about politics. Trump did not respond to Mayor Carmen Yule and Cruz when the two shook hands in San Juan. Trump had accused Cruz of poor leadership after she criticized the U.S. response to the hurricane. <laughs> oh, man. He can't stop stepping in it. Didn't he even just, respond to her. He doesn't know how to switch over from, like, golf club etiquette to storm victim etiquette because he was going up to people going, how you doing? You doing good? Okay. Have a good time. Have a good time. Have a good one out there. How about when he goes, okay, you're finally about to see the real work the Coast Guard does here, okay? You want to talk a little bit about the Coast Guard, you, Coast Guard guy? 
I'm in the Air Force. I'm in the Air Force. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know that. He said, he goes, no, I know that. Of course I know that. I know that. But talk about the Coast Guard, all right, and your your relationship to. Who brought my toilet paper gun? Let's get this thing going. Let's get the energy up in here. I mean, the balls of this guy to go to his golf course and enrich himself at taxpayer expense and tweet out that the Puerto Ricans, this is their fault and they just want to hand out racist dog whistles left and right. I, it's Americans dying and he's just sitting at his golf course. It's, it's unbelievable that people are defending it. He's a buffoon. Well, the the crazy thing was is I started re- you know reading a lot about the storm and like the actual impact of the disaster is that it t- it knocked out ninety percent of the power on the island. They, they so said that it may be a month before they. The get reason power back. that truck drivers aren't able to deliver the goods isn't because they're lazy. It's because their house has been destroyed. They don't have any power. Like they gotta they gotta survive with their families first. The workforce has been annihilated. You know, that, that that's part of the problem. And there's just so many outlets for, you know, the people who yell fake news the loudest are generally the people who propagate it the most. And there's so many of these alt-news sites who do just post ridiculous things about, you know, whether they're on strike or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we gave them all the supplies. They just don't know how to distribute it. There's just... Uh, the the specter through which we look at incidents like this should not have a lot of different angles. It should be, let's help the people. Let's figure out how to help. Why are we assigning blame while people are still or trying to defend from those can who you, aren't doing anything? Can you imagine Just if he go had, fix it. had said these kind of things about people in Texas or Florida? No. Can't. Well, that's why Michael Che had that joke on SNL. You just did this twice for white people. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's just like, dude, just take the temperature of the room. You know, they're already upset and have been without power for a week and a half. Maybe don't joke about the budget. He, he, hey, we're spending a lot of money down here. You guys better uh, keep the hurricanes out from now on, huh? Come you, on. You I'm just joking with you. Have a paper towel. You have a paper towel. <laughs> He's throwing paper towels, <laughs> rolls of paper towels at people. Who brought the hot dog gun? Anybody? Okay, let's get some T-shirts going. Who wants a free Make America Great Again T-shirt? You up in the upper deck. Come on. What are you? Just. Mexican? Oh. All right. Whatever. Oh, gosh. Listen, that picture I love of him- the Army. Sir, we're in the Navy. <laughs> Hey, Army, Navy. I don't care. What time's the tea? I love everything. What, 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 what's tea time? <laughs> I want ketchup for my steak. Uh, yeah, how about him throwing those paper towels? Like, Just tossing them like, like he's shooting he, like he's shoot. Here you go, morons. Clean it up yourself. Here's, a, here's, here's a, some flashlights. You guys won't need these anymore, though. Yes, we will. We're still completely without power. Here's the quicker picker up. Go soak up all the water. There you go. Brought some sham wows. I'm sure we'll be fine. Listen, I got a winery down here. Oh, it's one yeah. of the best wineries anywhere. Well, to light <laughs> he bragged, things up. He bragged about it. <laughs> hey, you know, look, not that many people died here. You should be very proud. Yeah. Huge storm. What's your death What's toll? your death count? What is it? It's not bad. How many? That's good. You should be proud. Good That's death not count. not bad. That's a good death That's count. That's a good death count. And then it doubles. <laughs> oh. We're doomed. Oh, no.
Well, this will lighten things up a little. The superintendent of an Ohio school serving a suspension after pulling down the pants of a school board member. (laughs) Dr. Charles Keenan has been suspended for 10 days without pay by the Maple Heights school board after pantsing a board member at a football game. The whole thing was caught on video. Keenan says he feels terrible about what happened. He said it was really just a prank and he didn't mean to pull the guy's pants the whole way down. (laughs) You just pants somebody. (laughs) That's the funniest thing Uh, ever. And this guy is a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just want to give you a quick checkup. Can you cough? Thank you. I had friends that were doing that for a while. Like, if they saw one of the, like, it was a punishment for wearing sweatpants where you shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are I coming bet that down. that happens a lot. <laughs> like, dude, what are you wearing sweatpants for? And then someone's just like, oh, I'm getting those. Like, go to a Steeler game and you're wearing sweatpants. Someone's like, doink! <laughs> right in the You know, after a while, you're kind of like, hey, guys, you know, I get that it's funny, but we don't need to see Larry's wang in the parking yeah, lot. It's, there's it's there's just families walking over to the game. <laughs> it's kind of weird that you want to flop. Eddie, yeah. <laughs> Eddie's kibbles and bits out, out, out in the air. This actually is less about his sweatpants and more about you wanting to see what's under them. Showtime is looking for paid extras for an upcoming TV series filming here in Pittsburgh. The network needs men between the ages of 18 and 65 for Escape at Dannemora. It's being directed by Ben Stiller and is based on the 2015 Escape at Clinton Correctional. Open casting will be held Saturday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Western Penn on Beaver Avenue here in Pittsburgh. You can go to mossercasting.com for more information. And I think I read uh, Benicio Del Toro going to star in that. So oh, Mumbles. Bob Seger is postponing his current runaway train tour due to an urgent medical issue. I saw that headline yesterday. I thought, oh, oh no. see the next one. Uh, but apparently this not quite as serious. It's a, about, about a vertebrae. Uh, he broke the news on his website yesterday saying he hopes to be back out on the roads soon. Rescheduled dates will be announced as soon as they are available. I don't know what you're talking about, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fine. Bob, totally you fine. broke your neck. I don't know what you're talking about. I swam the English Channel last night. (laughs) Bob, no, you didn't. And two-time world uh, heavyweight boxing champ George Foreman is calling out action movie star Steven Seagal. Foreman took to Twitter on Monday challenging Seagal, saying, one-on-one, I use boxing, you can use whatever. Ten rounds in Vegas. (laughs) I saw somebody, and I don't know if this was a joke or if they actually wanted to call it this, but it was they called it the geezers and Caesars. (laughs) I (laughs) I love it. Foreman yesterday reiterated, <laughs> reiterated the message saying, this is true. I'm fighting just once more. Uh, so we'll see what happens with those guys. Foreman said it, uh, his would-be opponent would be a true fight and there would be no anger involved. And he also said he's not trolling. How uh, old is he? He's got to be in his 60s. Oh, I bet he's 70. Foreman, yeah. Seagal last week defending Vladimir Putin. You know, he's a, again, he's a Russian citizen. This guy. How, how? How? He's been there for a while. He's insane. <laughs> so, of course, who better to put on the news than a Russian citizen to criticize America? Every country is involved in espionage. Every single country. The American spy, the British spy, the Russian spy. We all spy on each other. Let's be honest. However, for anyone to think that Vladimir Putin had uh, uh, anything to do with fixing the elections or even that the Russians have that kind of technology is, is stupid. Oh. Why did Why? you say that? Why Vladimir Putin. Oh. 
Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. I want that to be my ringtone. Vladimir Putin. Sorry, guys, I gotta take this. That sounds like something <laughs> squishing out of a bag. Vladimir Putin. People that just get an accent for one word or a name. Oh, we're going up it's to Santa Rosa for yeah, the weekend. Right. I remember there was the, the real world San Francisco where that, that chick Rachel would be like, it's just me, Puck, Judd, and uh, Pedro. I'm like, you know what? Settle down. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. Oh, my God. He Cartoon like character. painted on hair and painted on facial hair. And I'm pretty sure he just has one gi that he wears everywhere. He looks like a South Park cartoon. Yeah. Come, come to life. His like eyes are a little crooked. His hair's painted on. His his Fu Manchu is painted on. Vladimir Putin. <laughs> and he's just stuffed with Twinkies. He like is. he's just gained a lot of weight. Did you see the video of his last the martial art arts uh like where he's body slamming 700 people in a row the exhibit he did where he doesn't expend any energy at all and everybody just goes flying off of him it's amazing he's like elvis yeah you used to have to let him win all the that time. was my favorite elvis move all right we're gonna play tackle football but nobody can tackle me <laughs> i'm allowed to hit you as hard as i want <laughs> so he'd like elvis to get the ball and be like well, touchdown king way to go Elvis Presley, Vladimir Putin, <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Oh, I like it. Oh, you don't. I like it a lot. No, no, bad. <laughs> Forecast today: sunny and warm temperatures in the low 80s. It's 53 at DVE. Thanks to everybody that came out right. for last night's uh, Voices Carry. The Omberly Voices Carry once again. Auberly, uh, which is a great organization for at-risk youth here in Pittsburgh. Uh, this is the big fundraiser uh, each and every year, and huge crowd for an incredible lineup. There were so many great performances last night. That Last year, I told you about 11-year-old girl Ava Meha. Well, she was back this year. She's 12 now, you know. She's a veteran. Yeah, she's 12. She So she uh, was incredible. She did Bohemian Rhapsody by herself at a piano. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. She's like trained in opera. Like, it was insane. Um, Do you guys record that show? No. Oh, should. You, I know. You know who would love it? Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun. Like, Donnie Iris sits there and watches every performer. You know, Donnie's sitting... Um, in the in the wings, and he's just commenting on everybody. <clears throat> Scott Blazy was great last night once again. He and Kelsey uh, Friday did a, uh, a tribute to Tom Petty. They did "Stop Dragging My Heart Around," oh, that's you know, great. which was really cool. And um, well, I mean, Donnie and, and Joe Gashecki kind of end the night, and they bring the house down as the, as they always do, no matter where they go. Clinton Clegg. I uh, did the Sam Cooke song he did at uh, at uh, Radiothon, and then he did Delta Lady with Kiki Brown singing backup. The No Bad Juju horns were out Man. there. Incredible. Paul Luke did a Neil Young tune, and uh, there was just a lot of great performances. Kiki Brown brought the house down. When Kiki went out, because a lot of people had heard about her, this was her first voice as Carrie, and all the singers, like, I took a picture of all these guys, like Frank Zuri from The Silencers and all those guys, Donnie Iris and Jill West uh, and Max Legends. and those guys. They all kind of, like, 
piled in the doorway to just watch her, and they it was awesome to watch them watching her. Uh, as, as great as it was to watch her actually perform last night. Rick Witkowski and those guys kick ass every year. Great band, band. for uh, for each and every one of those performers because there's a lot. I mean, that show is – Chris Higby, you know, came into town, crushed it. Hadn't seen Chris in a while. It's great to see him. He's doing awesome. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The list goes on and on and on. So thanks to everybody who was a part of that. Zub and Max from uh, uh, Recluse were there, and they did Hard to Handle with the band. It was just a killer. Should Let, record that show. A lot of fun. No, I, I, I don't think I'm going to record the show. But Come on, just record it. Everybody seemed to, to have a great time last night once again, and it benefits Arbely. Learn more about what they do at aubere.org. They have the 412 Youth Zone downtown now, uh, not just the McKeesport location, and they do great work with these kids. I was down there on Monday, and uh, the place is full of you know kids who are they're transitioning either out of staying at the McKeesport facility yeah uh coming out of foster care getting into the workforce it's a tough situation you know they they no need doubt. a little help uh going forward and that's what arborly provides so uh congrats to Derek bayer and all the people who worked really hard to make that happen last night uh i look forward to it every year that was the 13th year i've done it and if you wow. don't donate to arborly it is guaranteed going to a great cause that benefits and makes pittsburgh a better place to live. Okay, we got a quick break. We're going to come back. Mike Pursuta with your sports. The AB distraction continues. You hear us say Channel 11. Legendary artist Harry Belafonte comes to Carnegie Museum of Art on October 20th. Get tickets at cmoa.org. That accident on the Parkway West inbound at Green Tree has been cleared, but traffic still jammed up back to I-79. Same with the accident on 28 inbound at Highland Park. That's been cleared, but traffic backed up to Harmer. I'm Val Porter, DVE Total Traffic. Mr. Tire didn't invent tires, but he's really good at making sure you get the best deals on them. Like right now, save up to $200 on four select Goodyear or Yokohama tires. Plus, get an oil change for just $14.99 when you pay with your drive card. Mr. Tire, we're your guy. No hot water. Call Mr. Water Heater. Call Mr. Water Heater. Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And you really thought that we were past the whole AB is a distraction story, but it appears to uh, be the only thing to talk about, I guess. I don't know. It could be worse. We could be talking about how the you know the defense gave up 300 yards passing or 200 yards rushing. You know? Yeah, we were that- doing that just uh, <laughs> just recently we were doing that. Do you get my point? Yeah, I do. There's worse things. Sports to sound brought to you by Dollar Bank. We could be talking about the anthem. Thank God we're not. At least we're not talking about that anymore, but uh, we are talking about Antonio Brown and what happened in Baltimore on Sunday in the second quarter of that 26-9 Steelers victory over the Ravens. Mike Tomlin said yesterday he's aware of what happened on the sideline in Baltimore, but he doesn't intend to have a lot of in-depth conversations with Antonio Brown about sideline behavior and sideline decorum. Man, this is not Antonio's first rodeo. I'm not going to waste a lot of time about talking to Antonio about not throwing water coolers and so forth. Be a professional. Yeah, and he's not going to waste a lot of time because that's what it would be. A waste of time. Well, it's it's in the news. And the hey, Post-Gazette has a big story about it. Hey, Antonio. Can you not be a self-centered jerk once in a while? 
I just, I was afraid this was going to happen. And that's why I was trying to <laughs> do a, all is well. But the salient point of all this to me is, you know, a guy like Juju who's looking for mentors in this league and who better to look to than maybe the greatest receiver ever. Uh, and when he sees that kind of behavior, you, you hope that he's. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of good enough character to realize, without having to be taught, that that's not okay. Yeah, Tomlin uh, hopes the same thing, and uh, he thought yesterday that talking about that very subject was not a waste of time. Emotions are capable of getting away from you. It doesn't need to happen. It shouldn't happen. Um, hopefully it won't move him forward. Hopefully he's learned a lesson um, through that. And hopefully others have learned a lesson through that. I think that's one of the things that you really got to focus on when you talk about something like that. We got young people on our team. Uh, they need to be taught good things, good lessons, uh, ways to conduct themselves as professionals. Uh, we all make mistakes. He made a mistake. I'm sure he's ready to move on from it. But I also think there's a lesson to be learned or a lesson to be taught there. And I hope that uh, he addresses that element of it as well as he moves forward. Ben Roethlisberger had revisited the uh, sideline incident on his uh, weekly appearance on 93.7 The Fan yesterday. Uh, Roethlisberger saying, among other things, that it was unfortunate, end quote, that Brown acted the way he did. Uh, Roethlisberger said he would prefer some uh, communication, some direct conversation about what's taken place in the game and, and how the Steelers should react to it, said Roethlisberger, quote, that goes a lot further than having a temper tantrum. Ben Roethlisberger also uh, questioning uh, the value of Antonio Brown doing what he did as it relates to the young players who were observing this and thinking, eh, maybe this is how it works in the NFL. Right, so Ben kind of expounds on this situation in his interview yesterday, and that – you know, my first reaction is, why do you validate any of this stuff by making it a, a deal? Why, why not just be bigger than the moment or bigger than the situation? Be like, yeah, all right, I missed him, and uh, it's not okay that he does that. But you know that AB is a passionate guy, and we're used to it, and he was settled down and fine. That is to say, why not lie? Why not just lie and get past it? Well, that's the good Sunday after the game. But right to Mike's point, they've tried that. Maybe this is just a little bit of frustration yeah. on Ben's part. I totally understand that, and that's what I was getting to. Is I also understand that maybe that is what the the uh, strategy they've employed in the past, and they're just sick of having to deal with that. It only becomes a distraction to the extent that you let it become a distraction. But once you start feeding that argument through the media filter, Mike, it. I mean. That's grist for the mill. It's on ESPN oh. on a loop right now. It's the low-hanging fruit that uh, so many in the media are re- ready to pounce on. Because it's not a thing. It's re- it's A B. This is not unusual. He's it's it's it sucks that it's part of having A B on your team. It is. He's not going to learn. We already know that. You hope to minimize the the damage and the amount of times he can do this. You're not going to teach him that and, this is wrong. And it didn't impact the game. No, they won the game nope. comfortably. He didn't have a great day, but that happens. Well, and uh, that's part of what this was about because Ben's saying, hey, I can't just focus on 84. i got to spread the ball around. He did, and they were the better for it. 
But AB felt like he was at his expense. And in one play in which he was super wide open, and Ben explained that he had to read the play one way, and uh, Brown broke the other way, things happen. See, to me, this is echoes of uh, being a little lax with the tuck. You remember that game, Mike, where he said he just lacked the, the, the focus towards the end of a game? My problem is... How how much was he thinking about that the next series? Like you know, you got to shake that stuff off. If you're throwing tantrums on the sideline, that 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 doesn't bode well for the rest of the day. No, it's a valid point. Although I don't I don't know that that he has ever screwed up because of that. He runs routes the way he wants to run them a lot of the times, no matter what frame of mind he's in. He's not <laughs> oh, yeah. he's not the most uh, step by step, point by point on his details executor of the game, but it works for him and it works for them. And, you know, if it's, as Bill Cowher might say, it's a fine line. If he's, if he's foaming at the mouth for the ball, uh, maybe that's why he catches it so often. And you got to kind of live with some of this other stuff and just sort of swallow hard and say, eh, it's AB being AB, right? Merrill Hodge will be on in about 10 minutes. We'll talk more about it with him or we'll talk little about it with him. Where'd that start? Manny being Manny? Manny being Manny, and Manny uh, was hilarious. I mean, he did some of the funniest. When he... And when he hit the ball over the monster, nobody cared. Yeah, but when he went to the bathroom <laughs> in the middle of an <laughs> bat because he thought there was going to be a pitching change. There are extremes. I mean, got to have a left fielder out there, Mike. Yeah. Where's the left fielder? He's taking a leak behind a monster. Oh, God. Yeah, there's... There was no hope in Boston that he was going to all of a sudden become, uh, you know, the no. most alert player on the field. That's But just, he was so great. He's just rake. Pens are uh, raising the banner tonight uh, before the hockey opener against the St. Louis Blues. 8 o'clock puck drop uh, will be preceded by a ceremony lifting uh, that Stanley Cup championship banner that was won last season to the PPG Paints Arena Rafters. Pens are requesting if you're going to the game, uh, get, try to get in your seat by 745. Actually, don't try to get in your seat by 745. Get in your seat by 745 so everyone can enjoy the ceremony. And then it's the Pens and the Blues. You can catch that on the Pens flagship. 105.90X. Pens going for just the sixth three-peat in NHL history since 1926. Three teams have done it five times. Islanders won four in a row from 80 to 83. Canadians four in a row prior to that from 76 to 79. Toronto three in a row from 62 to 64. Montreal five in a row from 1956 to 1960. That was uh, the Toe Blake coach team. Anybody remember Slapshot and uh, Reggie Dunlop's mm-hmm. repeated references to Toe Blake, Dick Clapper, Eddie Shore. Those guys were the greats. Toe Blake, the coach of the Canadians. And uh, the Maple Leafs the first to do it, 1947 to 1949. That is it for three-peats. The Gretzky Oilers. Never three-peated. They won five cups in seven years. Never three-peated. Mar- Mario never three-peated. The Steelers in the 70s never, never three-peated. three-peated. It's a hell of a thing to go after. All right, we're going to talk with Phil Bork about that later on this morning. 845, Borky will help us get ready for tonight's Raising in a Banner, another Stanley Cup celebration in Pittsburgh. Crazy. Raise it. We'll take it. Merrill Hodge, when we come back from this commercial break on your home of the black. The only thing we're raising around here these days. (laughs) 102.5. DVE. Sometimes we like to. It's the DVE morning show. Joining us right now, talking Steelers. Our buddy, Merrill Hodge. Good morning, Merrill. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm good, Randy. How are you, my brother? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, so we've been talking on and off air, uh, and it's it's. I was afraid this was going to happen, that the Antonio Brown blow up on the sideline was going to become something. Uh, that, to me, wasn't unusual. Even when they showed it on the broadcast, and he flips over the Gatorade bucket there, I thought to myself, oh, we're going to try to make a thing out of this when we already know that A.B. Yeah. is never going to understand that when he's doing that, that it can not only hurt him, it can hurt the team, like Tomlin said. Yeah. Uh, so why why do we deal with it? Well, the only answer could be is that he must have gone over the line, you know, uh, besides what we saw. He must have, you know, resisted any sort of criticism about his doing that. I, I can't figure out why. Coach Tomlin or Ben or any of his teammates would still want to be talking about it. Uh, I don't. Well, unless the media keeps asking him about it, um, you know, I fans, I think, and media react more to those things and affects them more than does players. You know, I remember when um, that's what know, I want to hear. Cowher, when Bill Cowher first came into the the league, you know, and um, he was the, his first year, and um, I remember the media kept coming up to us and. They would be like, man, I, I mean, when he's yelling at you guys and he's in your face, I mean, that's got to inspire you, right? And we're like, uh, no. <laughs> and we're like, I don't need Bill Cowher to inspire me, you know. And, and, and anyway, and now Bill, was, I love playing for Bill, and I love Bill, but Bill got smart. Bill got, Bill knew when to do it. You know, he knew when the camera was on him because we'd be sitting on the bench and we're like, oh, gosh, the camera's on him. Here he comes, here he comes. Yeah, sure enough. He'd turn around and start yelling. they go, here we go. <laughs> Spitting all over the place. Uh, like, when the game's over, they're going to ask us about this. And we're going to have to, you know, it's, it's not a big deal to us. You know, like, you know, people go in the locker room here. One time, like, Greg Lloyd went off, you know, in the locker room. And we were behind. I think it was playing Cleveland. We come out and we win. But they hear about Greg going off. And uh, the offensive players are like, well, geez, we didn't hear it. We just heard buckets going over there. That didn't do anything to us. I mean, we're the ones that actually had to turn things around anyway, you know. So they were acting like Greg's. And I love Greg. He's a great teammate. But those things just, you know, listen, professional players, you know, like Chuck Noll used to say, you know, I'm not here to motivate, you know, but I'll co- coach motivated people. You know, you, you can't coach, you know, you can't try to – motivate people at that level if you're not motivated then you shouldn't be there and you're probably not going to be there so those things players just ignore a lot more than they than the media or the fans would ever realize it doesn't phase them they ignore it they move on listen who knows ab better than anybody probably the 53 guys in that locker room they see them every day they're in the locker room their environment you know you see a team for three hours you know during sunday and what's Unfortunately, they get stamped, and that's the only time you get to view them. But, you know, you got meetings, you got all day, you got practice, you got training room, you've got with so many things going on in the training room and in the locker room itself. People know, I mean, players know Antonio Brown, and they do not get phased by that stuff. It, the fans, the, unfortunately, the fans and the media, they only see it for that moment, and they are more stamped by that than the players or the coaches ever are. So I would imagine there's been a lot of times where A.B. has crossed the line and pissed people off, and they have just kind of, you know, Coach Tomlin, Ben, or anybody when asked about it just kind of said, like, oh, he's a passionate player, and then they move on. And there was, for some reason, something different about this time. Um, well, it's, I think it's, it's probably it, because, you know, you haven't seen that type of behavior, you know. Um, you know, usually it's some knucklehead move. You know, this one was selfish, 
You know, he, you know? he, he could defuse this, by the way. All Antonio well, Brown needs to do is talk to the media and say, you know what? I uh, let my, uh, you know, let my passion get the best of me there. I need to be a little more uh, calm, cool, and collected on the sidelines and realize things happen. And moving on and looking ahead. Like, why? Why doesn't he do that? And then he can, then they can stop putting this on a loop on the NFL Network and ESPN. Yeah. Well, for the same reason that he flipped that thing over in the first place, probably not exactly how he operates. But the good news, yeah. the good news, Merrill, is that the offense seemed to get back on track a little bit because they weren't only 84 centric and Le'Veon Bell got back to running the ball and uh, and catching it out of the backfield with a huge all purpose yardage day. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to I, I listen. It would be the perfect world for the Steelers. Not that this will ever happen on a consistent basis. But anytime you run 80 plays, I can promise you one, well, a couple of things that are happening. And one of the, actually the most important things in the NFL, and I, I, it's hard for people to understand it um, per se, in that it's different than college or any other level of football. It is the one, one level of football that you just must control the tempo. Like if you don't control the tempo, your odds of winning are diminished. Well, when you run 80 plays, Usually it's not because you're chucking it all over the field, you know. It's because you are running the ball and you control the environment. You control everything. Your defense plays, what, 50-some snaps. Anytime your defense plays 50-some snaps, I will promise you this, the odds of you winning are ridiculous. And that is actually, to me, far more important, although, you know, turnovers are the next most important thing. But if you can do that and – you have no turnovers. Guys, if you win the football games, are about in the 90 percentile. So to get him going, you know, and I know everybody's the offense, the passing game. You can see that the passing game is struggling, but you can also see they're working on things. And, you know, Bryant being back, I think people just think, well, you just go back to what you were doing a couple years ago. Well, you can tell he's not really the same. You know, he's still rusty, you know, and how he runs routes, his timing, his build for things. And trying to work everybody together, it just it takes time for that to go. And listen, I would much rather that be somewhat of a struggle now, but you're winning games and you're able to control the game like you are, and eventually that will get to where it's very dynamic and it's very explosive and it's very dangerous when it matters. And that's like later in December, you know, mm-hmm. when you really need all phases to go. So when you're winning games like this and you're not playing your best football, but you can see it, man, I mean, that's in meetings that we will never be privy to and players will never be privy to. Coaches are like, man, I like where we are. I mean, I, yes, I want to be playing great football, but it's hard to play great football and stay consistent like that. So many teams get, you know, hit their rhythm, hit their stride, and then they fall apart in December because it's hard to keep that going because – Not an injury pop up too, teams. yeah. Well, not just that, Randy, but, you know, listen, there's great, there's great minds in this league. Defenses are looking at their, you know, how do we diffuse that, and then you get – somebody who puts something up there on you that you're like, whoa, that kind of, that derailed us. And then that becomes somewhat of a blueprint. And, you know, then you're working through that later in the year versus getting, hitting your stride later in the year. So it doesn't, it doesn't, that, that doesn't concern me at all. I, I can see it coming. And when it hits there, wow, then it, it's going to hit at the right time. Merrill, the defense second in the league, basically across the board right now, despite uh, a, a lackluster performance in Chicago. What is it uh, about this defense post LeBeau that seems to enable 
young guys are getting involved a little bit quicker and, and the new faces coming in. What, what do you see adding up to result in this new defensive, uh, well, dominance, really? Yeah, you know, you know, Coach Butler and that staff, you know, Carnell Lake and the gang, they, you know, I, I, I give them a lot of credit. You know, I, I can't remember exactly last year when the rails fell off, you know, Jerry O and Joey Porter, that staff. Um, I think it was a Miami game. If I, It might not have been Miami, but it might have been Miami game where it was just like, oh, my gosh, they got problems. I mean, they got problems in about every phase you could possibly imagine. And that's kind of when they changed, you know, how they lined up there. You know, you hardly ever see them in a true 3-4. You just don't see that. You know, they, they changed their fronts and their looks. Um, now, saying all of that, it's easy to draw it on the board and say, we got to do all of, we're going to do all this because we need to, because we're just getting manhandled and we don't, we can't just line up in the two, three, four like we used to do. So we're going to move all these parts because we have great speed and we have a lot of good athletes. But when you move things around and you change them, getting to your spots and the timing of it all, I'm telling you, that is not easy. You know, then the credit to the players for mm-hmm. being able throughout the week to change those different looks up and then get to the positions they need to get to in the right timing. Um, and I just think that over time has gotten so much better. They they like playing like that. There's a variety to it. It's not just, you know, here we are, see if you can beat us, which they used to be that good. You know, down in the front trenches, they used to be that good. It's like, <laughs> see if you can move us. It ain't going to happen. You know, now they had to change it up. And, you know, to that staff's credit, they have done that. And then the players have – adopted it and adapted it and applied it. Merrill, is uh, Kansas City a uh, legit passing team that can give us a gauge on how well the Steelers defend the pass, or do we have to wait till Detroit? No, 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 no. I thought Kansas City, boy, I'm telling you what, bro, they were like – they. when you think about football in the NFL, too, there's other things you think about are like phases. Like how many phases, how many ways can they beat you? You know, how do – so they've got a tight end, they got the intermediate, they got the vertical – and they got a running game, and they got the inside, and they got the outside, and they got gadgets. You know, like I, they got everything that you could not, you would not want to face if you're a defense. You'd be like, yes, that that would be your. To me, that's a bigger test than Detroit. Even though Detroit is no slouch, um, that'll be the biggest test. Right and that'll be the, that'll, that'll, that'll be the first all, legitimate NFL. offense that the Steelers have played. Yeah, and I think that in the in the NFL, I think that right there, there's your. It ain't gonna get harder than that. Let's put it that way. Merrill Hodge, always a pleasure talking with you, man. Thanks so much. And uh, hopefully, Thanks we- my week, guys. All right, man. You guys enjoy the beautiful sun in Pittsburgh and go Steelers. Yeah, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Merrill Hodge here on the DVE Morning Show. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh, and it we're is. raising another Stanley Cup banner. Phil Bork, the old two-niner, returns. Oh, my God. It seems like it was just yesterday he was here. Well, he was. But, I mean, uh- <laughs> Hard to believe that we're kicking it back uh, up here at uh, at the PPG Paints Arena for another uh, uh, Penguins hockey season. But Mike, looking to three peat tonight, raising that banner again. I can't imagine it gets any less special. And just hearing Sid talk about his ring made me happy because he sounded like a little kid who, you know, like when he won his first one, like, oh, my dreams are all coming true. You know, it's not sounding like, uh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's nice to do. It's always nice to get your ring or something like that. He's like, oh, my God, look at this. It's awesome. This thing's incredible, you know. Do you follow Mark Recchi on Twitter? No, maybe I should. You should at least uh, check out his timeline because he tweeted a picture yesterday of his five rings. 
That's crazy. He's got one. Five. He's got three as a player and then the last two with the Penguins. And compare the first one that he won with the Penguins in 1991 to the one they just got this week. It's night and day. It's like a, a Model A in a semi-truck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, you know, Dana Heinze's got four. Yeah. Earned every one of them, too. Yeah. The four-finger ring. How you like that? Uh, all right, we'll talk with Borky about the pens coming up at 845. Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour. Val has news next. We're going to talk about um, how shopping for some people is just as good as sex. Sometimes better. <laughs> they get a good deal. I'm doing one of those two things wrong, then. <laughs> and now the Daily Steelers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.